Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, K. Angela, the blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. This is part two of our first gen conversation, and I have a special guest back here with me. I'll let him introduce himself again. <laughs> we back! Oh, God. <laughs> My bad. So y'all already know what that voice is, right? <laughs> we had a great conversation the first time, but I just felt like it was still a little bit that we could have discussed. So we're going to try to close that out for you guys on this episode. Yeah, we're going to try not to talk try. too long and stay. We're going to stay on track. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a good conversation. And sometimes I feel like we got into the background. Okay. And we talked about financial literacy. Of course. And we talked about our experiences as like, you know, first gen uh, college, but we didn't really get into the other topics that I, I feel like will make this an even better conversation and what people can learn from people yeah. can get some uh get a couple of jewels yeah you know you gotta drop gems in people's spirits sometimes you got to will you be trying to look, look he, he's giving me an eye because he felt like he didn't drop a gem on me <laughs> hey listen i didn't i did I, I did nothing of the sort i did not listen all i could do is put the message out to the right. masses um so all I can do is put the message out to the masses. Got it. So let's start with um, the milestones. So what was your milestone when you purchased like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your milestone when you purchased your first like car? Your, you had your first cell phone. Like what's a milestone that you remember? Like the thing I remember is that I purchased my first car. Okay. What, wait, what year make model? Oh, it was 2005. <laughs> Chevy Impala. Did you have any help with like financing it Mm-mm. or anything? It was the first thing I did um, fully on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it it was in two thousand and when the nope it was two thousand four Chevy Impala. Oof! I bought it in 06. Yeah, hey, we're still new when you got it. Yeah, hey man, payments was like two thirty. That ain't bad. A month? No, it was not bad. Um, and uh. I uh I, I I it served me well. <laughs> How long did you keep it? Um, I, it drove I drove that thing everywhere. I, I drove it up until two thousand and eleven. Okay, that's not bad at all. And then I got me a Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And that payment was about, but yeah, and it kind of gradually got better. I ended up getting the BMW. You, you, you know, you, you know, know, yeah. But I uh, flex, flex, just a little. <laughs> But uh, it, it the BMW ended up BMW me out. Uh, uh, it kind of was a little tad bit of a lemon, um, but uh, made a uh, made a purchase I probably shouldn't have made. But um, 
It was a good purchase at the time. Boy, I got that thing out that day now. You felt like you had made it when you Oh, when you listen. Got it. Listen, I, I'm in grad school now. I graduate uh-huh. December 2021. Yeah. You ain't going to be able to tell me shit. You hear me? At rightfully so. I'm getting me a 2021 BMW something. I don't know what it is. You said you said 2021. 2021. Ooh. BMW something. Them payments going to be five something. Uh, new. <laughs> By the time that come, credit going to be okay. on fleek. What is that? is that? Is that a nigga word? Is that a dude? Like, can a guy say that? It's androgynous. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think if you say fleek, like I think I just I, I my you crossed card, over. My, my man card just went out, slightly slipped out my pocket. I got to put it back in. I won't so, take it from you. The builders might. The builders is definitely going to take it from me. Like <laughs> my my people, they definitely go. This nigga said fleek. Uh, you know, it, it might be an outdated word, so you might get flagged for that. But I don't know if like no, 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 no. guys can't say fleek. Okay, well, so we I, I kind of that that kind of yeah. But <laughs> you know, my 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 credit body ain't gonna be seven something. We working about a six something right now. Hey, um, we being we, real on yeah, the podcast. Hey, listen, we working, we working. <laughs> but no, um, I think it made me feel good to be able to walk in there and do something on my own, right. Um, without having to ask and having to depend on yes any financial support that Mm -hmm. is i feel like that's that's a big part of our experience as Mm -hmm. a first gens um in the first episode in the first part we talked about that safety net that you got pulled from under you by your grandma she snatched that rug from under me (laughs) she's an safety net that that thing it was right i was on a flying trapeze and (laughs) she said you thought you thought but um with my family i had a lot of um emotional support which Mm. was awesome you know that's very so much needed in the journey but they couldn't provide me with the other parts of the safety net so When it came to getting my first real cell phone, when it came to getting my first car, which was a lemon, okay? It was a 2000 Chevy Malibu. Oh. It was gold. uh, Gold Malibu? It was gold. Listen, and every time I cranked this car up, I had to pray because sometimes the auto theft system would come on and it wouldn't let me crank up the car. You know, prayer changes things. Sometimes it didn't. (laughs) Sometimes I had to sit there until that little light inside of it, thinking it was getting stolen, had uh, stopped blinking and then I can crank up my car. And so um, that was my first car. I drove it for probably... I would say two years, and then I got blessed to have an opportunity to go make some some money. <laughs> and now you driving a Lexus. I am not driving a Lexus. I am driving uh, a Honda. Listen, if you see if you see a white, all white, pearl white Lexus with the pearl white, it is not K Antoinette with the gold and with the gold trim. It is K Antoinette, the blogger. If it's me, then my billionaire boyfriend <laughs> bought me that car because I did not purchase it for myself. <laughs> now, my second purchase, because uh, I've only ever had two cars, mm. I saved up. Um, I went and I did some some very intense work and I saved up and I kind of just purchased the car outright, which and I took my mom with me and that was an experience too because she had never done that. seen that done she had never done that herself and so it, it was um it was kind of like a transitional moment where I was kind of stepping out of the role as child and kind of performing in a way where I was also now mentoring a parent and that's something that I'm 
talking through with my counselor (laughs) (laughs) and having to perform in a a parental role as a child. So um, that was something that made me feel good, though. You know, it wasn't a bad experience, but it when you realize you don't have those safety nets, it's a different kind of motivation. Mm -hmm. It's like you got fire under your ass (laughs) because you don't have that. Oh, if I fail, it'll be okay. It'll it's, be okay. It's like if I fail, this is it. You know, if I fail, I fail. Right, and then when you get older, and when you get a little bit wiser, you realize if I fail, it will still be okay, even if mm-hmm. I don't have that extra, you know, support and that safety net. So it's all a journey, and mm-hmm. we uh we trying to do the best we can out here. But I just thought that was an important piece of it, and thinking about. The milestones you've had in your life as a first generation, I want I want to encourage everybody to kind of think about those things, even if it's something small. Like when I got my first cell phone, um, I was already in college. And so that first year of college and I was going to Francis Mary and shout out the uh, FMU. FMU Patriots. They had landlines in the uh, dorms. And yeah, so they did. Yeah. I remember. And I had a landline phone. I did not have a cell phone until my sophomore year. Mm and so when you think about the the barriers we have when it comes to being able to have certain things because of financial issues, then you are able to understand the the journey a little bit better. So I'm going to transition a little bit, and I want to talk about how we challenge certain things within our journey as first gens. And so the first challenge is, do you feel like you are starting to think differently about, like, how we eat in our community? Um, To be honest, like, being my culture, mm-hmm. um, traditionally growing up, we, we didn't eat. Like, we ate, but it, it's never in big, like, it might be a lot of food. Like, it might be a lot of stuff on the thing, on the table. But it's not like we're going to pile our plates up with a lot of stuff. Right. Um, those of us that are from the West Indies, Trinidad, Trinidad in particular, um, and then if you, I'm a real big fan of curry goat. Mm-hmm. And there's something called Bust Up Shop. And What's so that? Bust Up Shop is like a, it's a, like a, oh God, it's like a dough. Okay. That is uh, baked and then it is shredded. And then you take the dough and you kind of pick up, you take the pieces of the of the dough mm-hmm. and you pick up the curry with it. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, listen. Finger food. Oh, my God. You don't need no damn <laughs> plate, no nothing. You just need the the, the curry goat and the, and the bus up shot. And so we, so it's, it, although it's a starch, mm-hmm. it, you don't really have a whole bunch of food. Like you may have All a right. little bit of a little bit of each thing on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually a lot of proteins, uh, goat, chicken, shrimp. Um, they have something called, uh, uh, in Trinidad, we have Kalalu. Right. And it's like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, if you creamed out some collards, I think that's the best way. No, creamed out some spinach. Spinach. And then put some, uh, some whole blue crab in it. Okay. And then they cook it like that. They so just boil it. They just kind of cook it up together. Mm-hmm. And then you pick out the crab and you eat the crab and the kalu. And sometimes they put it over white rice or whatever. So it wasn't until I got down to the south here that um, I really saw. <laughs> the difference. Eating. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just think that people uh, in the south cook family style. 
They do. And so it's, we're going to have four starches and 10 meats, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And little, probably one, two vegetables. And and, and <laughs> some green beans. And they're going to be cooked in, uh, pro, in, in, in meat. And some collard greens going to have some bacon and, uh, what's it, neck bones. Neck bones. Yeah, so, um, and, and there's nothing to that. I just think that if we can um, tailor mm-hmm. how we eat. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you'll be able to deal with things. Um, I'm going through sort of like a health issue now. Yeah. Um, where I was, I drastically lost weight. And they put me on some medication and then I drastically gained weight. Mm-hmm. So now they're about to put me on some medication to mm-hmm. drastically have me somewhere in between. Um, but they did say even with that, like I have to be careful how I eat. Yeah. Um, so I've been being a lot deliberate about how I eat. Right. But I do feel like there's a lot of pressure from society for us to eat a particular way. Yeah. Um, and, and then your mm. family may say, like, old school is you're going to get the macaroni and cheese. You're going to pile this plate up. Listen, I cook some bomb-ass mac and cheese. Let me tell you. Listen. I got some mac and cheese for that ass now. When you put that scoop, that spoon in it and you scoop it and, and, and that, that cheese be stretching, boy, girl, you better stop. What are you talking about? I need, I'm going to just pull myself up to the pan. <laughs> with a fork. Right. I'm a little different. And, and what I can say with the way we eat down here in the South is it is no portion control. It no, is pal, zero. Your plate. If you got five meats on that table, you better have five meats on your plate. Listen, when I first got here, it was the first time I saw... Somebody with starches and sides on one plate and, and then the meat, meat on, on the, the other. other. <laughs> I'm telling you, Thanksgiving come around, you, it's a two plate minimum round here in yeah. these parts, okay? And so she said, round here, round here in these parts. <laughs> but um, even with that, I was a little different. I don't know. I, I don't know. I tell people, my mom always told people she was like, "You my vegetarian child," and it's not that I'm actually a vegetarian at all. It's just that when I'm eating. I don't. I eat till I'm full, and if and that's I, it, and, and that's it. If I have food still left on my plate, I'm not eating it until I'm hungry again. Well, hold on. Now that is a thing. I think that that is a point that mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk to. Um, a lot of people force their kids to finish their food. To finish. No, you're gonna finish that food. Needless to say, you gave this child a whole. Big right. Play the food. There's people in Uganda that can't eat. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. We may have to put the plate up for later. And then they have to come back to. Now it is. I have a little, a little, the littlest nephew I have, and he's adorable, but he don't like to eat so much. And so we have to make sure that he's getting his his vitamins mm-hmm. right through, and his nutrients through his food. And so we have to. Hey, you need to eat a little bit more of this because you didn't eat this. You like this, and that's great, but you didn't get your protein. You didn't get your your starch. Mm-hmm. You didn't get your veggie. Well, I think vegetables. kids go, kind of go through that phase. Yeah, like between four and like six or seven, and that's where he is. They go through mm-hmm. that phase of oh, I don't want that. I want cookies, and that's it. I want this right, and it's not that it's so unhealthy, but it's just making sure oh. he has a, a good balance. Yeah, he has to have Thanks. the food, and yeah. you know, I tell my kids make a happy plate. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of been the mantra. Yeah, so. But I was very much that child that I'm sitting at the table 
and I'm not eating this. You, you telling me <laughs> that I have to do this, and if it's something I don't like, I'm not eating it. And so I, my mom calls me her stubborn child. But oh, needless to say, the stubborn child, not the stubborn, <laughs> the child. stubborn child, or the the one that challenged, you know, certain things. So even when it comes to that in my adulthood life, um, like going back to I don't eat past I'm, you know, when I'm full, and and it's certain things I don't like, and it, and that's okay. So I try to find a good balance. And getting better at knowing what's what's good for us and being able to be vocal about mm. that with my family. Like, it's okay if we want to have a good Sunday dinner, but let's be cognizant about what we're actually putting in our bodies throughout the whole week, right? Mm. If we're drinking sodas and that we're not drinking no water, no. Mm. You know, we're drinking sweet tea to substitute soda. That still ain't good, <laughs> you know? All that sugar. You know what they just, say? This same. ain't no good sweet tea. Oh, I ain't got no diabetes. That's one thing. I, I mean, it got to be sweet. But, you know. See, look at you. You I'm see, listening. you know I need my sweet tea to be sweet. We just talking about you can't have the sweet tea. I'm a work in progress, you guys. Oh, Lord. I am a work in progress. But, I mean, it's challenging those things that have have been a norm for so long that um, we don't even think of it as a problem. And, and taking that back to our families and, and saying, hey, let's think about doing things a little bit differently. I just had a conversation with my mom the other day, and she was like, yeah, I really want to stop, you know, drinking sodas. But when you have these norms for so long, they become habits you know so do you think that addictions are hard to break i do I, I think without the proper education without the proper motivation for it and the support mm -hmm. that is so easy because this is a comfort zone right that's what a, a habit usually is operating in it's a comfort zone um and if you run to sodas when you're stressed if you run to certain foods when you're stressed and you're emotional then that's going to be your response. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I, I actually have a different opinion of, I think when you get to the point where you just want to make a change, mm -hmm. you will. Yeah, this is true. I just think that when you, I think addiction is a thing. Yeah. I do think it's something that has to be worked at, but you have to first make the decision that that's what you want to work towards. And that makes the journey Although all, as hard as it may be, mm -hmm. a lot easier. That's what makes it easier is your willingness to say, "Hey, look, this ain't this shit here. Yeah, I can't do this. All right? I can't be out here, you know, trying to f do what I can right. for a buck to get whatever I got to get, or um, I got to stop smoking these cigarettes, mm -hmm. or you know, my doctor told me this, so I got to change how I eat. It's a will, mm -hmm. and. You just have to impose. You have to impose. Uh, that's another cliche. Impose your will, but you gotta. I hate cliches, but you gotta. You 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 really have to take the time to. And we're talking about these uh, uh, first gens, and when you're a first gen, you're usually the first person to, like you said, trailblaze. Like you're the first person to say, "Yeah, I'm not gonna fill my whole plate up." Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna have sweet tea. I'm gonna have me a bottle of water. Where's the bottle of water at, Mama? Right. Let me get that. And it's going to seem odd and it's going to be hard. It's going to be a thing that, oh, I can't do this. But right. if the end result is um, because one of the major things in children today is obesity. And so if we're talking about, hey, you know, we got to combat that, 
shoot, I have to change how I eat so that my kids won't eat. Yeah, and it has way. to be an agreement, uh, a collective agreement. And I think that's sometimes the hardest thing, too. So when my dad got sick before he passed, you know, the family did go through a transition because sodium was out, certain fatty foods were out. And so in order to to make sure everybody was on the same page, the, the diet changed. Mm-hmm. Um and now it's gotten hard at it now that he's passed to, to keep maintaining that same level of um, intentionality when it comes to what we eat. And um, that's because, like I said, it's that it's that vice, it's that comfort. And getting away from that means you're going to have to have that motivation to want something different. But if that's your only vice outside of a lot of other things happening in your life, then that means you're going to have to find some other outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know how to do that because the other portion of this is mental health. Oh. So we're going to discuss that and the ideal surrounding mental health. First of all, what are your views and what are your experiences when it when it comes to mental health? Um, my view on mental health is this. <laughs> well, let me say this. I have experience with mental health. Okay. My brother, who's locked up, we talked about him on the last show, last episode. Um, he's he has a bipolar disorder. Okay. Uh, my brother does not take his medication unless he's forced to. And I always say, and through my interactions with him, it made me realize something. Mm. There is a major glitch in the matrix when it comes to medication. Do you know what that? What the major uh, weakness is in medication? What is the major weakness in medication? The person has to think they're sick to take it. Yes. You have to want to help. Help. Yeah, like if you don't think you're sick, you're not going to take it. So my brother doesn't think he's sick. Gotcha. So he doesn't take his medication. So he ends up in the hospital. They put him in the ward, Mm -hmm. in the the, uh, mental ward. They give him his medication. He comes out fine. He's good for three months, but he doesn't think he's sick. So the routine always gets stopped. Yeah, so he doesn't. So he doesn't think he's sick. Yeah, it gets stopped. He does whatever, and now he's back in jail. And so the cycle continuously continues. goes because he doesn't think he's sick. And a portion of it is, I think, that in our community, mm-hmm. two things are taboo. One is being mentally sick. That it's almost uh, one of the things where families tell you. Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. Oh, yeah. So nobody outside the house really should know what's What's going going on. on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when that's the case, you don't have any outside help. Or insight. Or insight. Somebody tell you like, no, this isn't normal. Yeah. And then, (laughs) so then since what happens in the house stays in the house, we don't seek the one thing that I think our community has an issue with doing. And that is getting treatment. Mm-hmm. We don't go to doctors. We don't. We don't in any seek, form. No, we don't seek. And then on top of that, we don't seek therapy. And the, the the crazy part about it is we're we're actually not as great as going to like physicians for our physical, mm-hmm. but we're better at that than we are with mental health. Oh yeah, um, no, we're not going to go see a counselor. To oh talk no, to somebody who ain't got nothing to do with no. what goes on in my house. A marriage I? counselor? No, uh, uh, 
a family counselor? No. no. What, for what? What yeah. am I? No, I don't want them all in my business. A behavioral counselor. And, and it's crazy because, um, like I said, I've been lucky because I've been exposed to different things, right? And it challenged what my norm was. So I've been getting counsel for the past three, three and a half years, on and off. Um, and more, more recently, I've been more advent about going every couple of weeks. So I do this because even when I'm good, I still got to work out stuff from my past, right? I still need to figure out different things that I want to manifest in my future and make sure that where I am in my present isn't affecting that future, mm -hmm. isn't affecting me and manifesting things in my present that isn't necessarily healthy based on my life experiences in the way I think and operate and things of that nature. And so my main thing has been to push for my family to get mental health because when it comes to my life experiences, we have had a lot of trauma and we all suffer from anxiety. So I have been diagnosed with that. Oh yeah. For real? Yeah. General and social. Yeah. Social anxiety. I do. I can tell by your Instagram. I, oh whoa. God. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. So it does work on different levels, but it is something <laughs> that I struggle with, um, you know, picking up on cues and, and knowing how to interact in a natural way. Sometimes I get too much in my head um, mm. with certain things, but um, it's something that has been normalized in my family to always feel, you know, I don't know if you've anxious. ever anxious, right. It's that, it's that feeling of anxiety that has been so, so normalized because of the trauma, mm. because of the different things that we've had to go through and depression as well. You know, a, a couple of people in my family have been diagnosed with clinical depression, Ooh. which is a kind of a generational yeah. thing yeah, too. Yeah. Thankfully, not there yet. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I'm the only one that gets counseling for it. So every time I talk to them, I'm like, hey, have you talked to someone? Have you checked with your insurance company to see what counseling they provide for you? And it's always some kind of pushback, some reluctance, some I'm going to get to it. I'm going to promise just when I get this done, <laughs> you know, once we do this, then I can focus on that. And I'm just like, you realize yeah. that this is going to make it easier for you to deal with the day-to-day -day if you just go ahead. I'm, I'm telling you from experience. So in that way, I'm challenging the norm of what it means to operate in our family. Like, this isn't normal. I told my mom that yesterday. Mom, it's not normal for us to feel this way all the time. Yeah. And not do anything about it. It's, it's okay for you to seek help and talk to someone they are trained for this <laughs> this is what they went to school for right whereas when you call me i'm not trained for this but she just i think that she might feel familiar and i think that uh a lot of people within our community feel that their therapy is mm -hmm. talking to someone that is not a professional right and i do that get they're that. close to um but i feel that and I, I didn't feel this until recently um that we have to we have to get there with mm -hmm. someone who we don't know mm -hmm. and get naked in front of them, bear our, like, be ourselves. Right. Because I think that a lot of times um, we go around lying to ourselves about who we are. Yes. And we're literally telling ourselves a lie every day. 
And vulnerability is hard. Exactly. To expose yourself to someone else, but also to expose yourself to who you actually are, the good, the mm -hmm. bad, the ugly, all that. Yeah. So I, I go from a place of empathy and understanding the reluctance, but I also say, hey, I can't be your therapist either. Yeah. I'm not equipped for this. This yeah. is the reason why I'm in therapy right now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you need help, this is where you can find it and, and set in that boundary that way. Yeah, I think that you should always seek um, I think that there are instances in which you should always seek out some help, um, especially if you're in unhealthy relationships. Mm -hmm. and that's professional, personal, romantic. Um, the different ones that you may have, I think that you really need to seek out just a, a, a licensed professional counselor to talk to and to unload. So, that, so and usually, it's it's not necessarily what they give you it's what you give to them and that's yeah. all of the weight that you may have on you so that you can and I agree function I had my counselor <clears throat> tell me she was like it's nothing she was like you're very insightful it's nothing that you come in here and tell me that you don't already know a mm -hmm. lot of times you just need a sounding board and somebody to reiterate the steps and the mm -hmm. solutions to you in a way that doesn't feel like yeah, give you a little bit of homework right and she does and yeah. she's and i always do my homework because i'm serious about this yeah, yeah. but i tell people you know you don't have to wait until things are bad to seek counseling like whenever you just still have things that you need to deal with or talk to someone about don't put that burden don't don't let the first people you want to put that burden on be the people that's be, closest yeah. to you yeah because a lot of times they don't even know how to handle their own they can't even handle their own they're shit. not equipped for it there are people who are trained for this. So seek those, those yeah, people. Let, let those people deal with it. Right. They get paid for that. So what about exercise and fitness? How do we feel about challenging that? Um, I think that exercise is extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily always abide. <laughs> right. Um, but I my goal every morning is to wake up at 530. Oof. And go to the trail. Are you at, a morning person? At six. I am a morning person. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> like, I'm a get up in the morning, pancakes, eggs. No, not now, because I don't make pancakes, eggs. But can I, I, like, right now, I'm doing, like, uh, multi-grain toast with a little bit of butter on it. There's nothing wrong with and that. And a hot cup of tea. Like, that's, <laughs> that's me now. Um, uh, but uh, get up in the morning. Um, I do, I try to go to the track, the trail, and do three miles. Okay. I attempt to do three miles. If I get there at six, I can do three miles. If I get there at 6.30, it's going mm, to be it's gonna be about two. <laughs> um, uh, but I try to go out there. Today was the first day in about seven days that I have, uh, this week, first, it was the first day this week mm -hmm. that I haven't been. Okay. But I went, and I feel like yesterday, I did three miles in the morning and two miles that afternoon. So, you feeling it? I, I feel like my two miles for this morning was already taken. You know what? So as long you as can't I get do that. Two, as long as I get two tomorrow afternoon, I'm good. Uh, but I do <laughs> feel like um, we go off of our natural whatever, and very few of us get into the exercise routine and regiment. Yeah. And I think that we need to early because, like, the older you get, your metabolism is going, isn't going to keep up with you the entire time. Mm -hmm. Your health is not is going to become an issue. So if you can get yourself in the right, then the correct uh, mindset to embrace exercise every day, yeah. no matter what that looks like. It could look like, like I said, I walk three miles a day at least. Right. And it's a funny thing. 
sidebar. Okay. <laughs> Every day mm-hmm. that I walk in the afternoon, there's this dude that runs behind the tank top. He got his phone and some little case on his on his uh, forearm. Not his forearm, but on his uh arm. Mm-hmm. And he runs by every every time I walk in the afternoon. He, he runs by and he runs by me, turns around and like kind of like back like is running backwards and goes, That's right. You do what you can. <laughs> you do what you can. Wait. And he wait, says are it to you, me. Are you running slow? You weren't running slow into him? He's just passing you? No, I'm walking. I don't run. Okay. Don't run. Got you. And so he's running. So every time he laughs me, it's usually once or twice, he'll run by me and turn around backwards. You got it. <laughs> He'll be like, that's right. Do what you can. Do what you can. And I'm like, if, if this motherfucker don't trip that's and fall and bust his damn head, leave me the fuck alone. Sir, no one asked you. Yeah, son. nobody asked you for that. I am doing what I can. If you don't go. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what's worse than that. Oh, Lord. So yesterday morning, I get out there. I walk my two laps around the trail. So uh-huh. around the trail is a mile. And then it has a track inside the trail. So okay. I did two miles on the, on the trail. And then I did four laps on the track as a mile. Okay. So in my first lap, I'm walking. I'm getting it. Uh, uh, uh. And I see somebody running with a light on them. And I was like, oh, shit, that person moving. Because <laughs> they was like getting it. Like they was running and they was getting it. So they was running. And I said, damn, they like moving fast. Like I was like, that person really getting it. So I ain't stressing. I'm walking. Still in my first lap, that person ran off the trail, ran onto the track, and lapped me quick as shit. Ooh. And I was like, "They got to be on a bike or something." No, they were fucking running. Oh no! And <laughs> fucking Forrest, Forrest Gump was running. It was a female, so she ran by me. Whoa! And I was like, "All right, so let me get this." So she kind of made me pick up my pace. <laughs> oh, so you felt some type of way? <laughs> yes, she kind of made me pick up my pace, and she hit me another time. Bam! Now, mind you, she has let me twice, okay. and I have yet to make one lap around this goddamn track. Yeah, that's two. That's two. So I was like, boom! So now, um, now I'm really getting it. So then I make it around the track. And here she come again. Wham! <laughs> I was like, if, she was practicing for something. So now, the last time she went to pass me, but tripper. You couldn't tell me I wasn't in every lane. Every time I saw her come around, I was like, okay, I'm slide over here. She's trying to get around me, slide up this you lane. You ain't no car. You was trying to block lane. her. I was trying to block her ass in. Because I, I can't have her let me four times. This ain't NASCAR, sir. Oh, man, shit. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to stay so she couldn't get by me. But, um, uh, and needless to say, it was a per- then it was a person I work with. So when I got to work, she was like, hey, coach. I was like. Hey, I ain't talking to you this morning. <laughs> she was like, "What?" I said, "You know, you you ran by me, and you saw you you ran by me. Like I saw you, right? Like you looked at me, and you know it was me." She's like, "Oh, that was you." <laughs> she said, "I was going too fast. I couldn't tell." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the flash, man. Get your ass. But um, <laughs> uh, all of that should have kept me in the house yesterday afternoon. But I went out and I still walked yesterday yeah. afternoon. Um, and I think that. Exercising is difficult, but you have to put yourself in the frame of mind that one of these days, God have to do it. This thing is going to slow down on me, mm-hmm. and if I could just get myself in the in the habit of mm-hmm. of really doing it, it'll be an easy thing to keep doing. Right. As somebody who I use my physical body a lot um, for my job, so it is even hard for me. You know, to continuously do exercise outside of that, outside of the what I'm used to doing. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I've done to kind of 
help my mental health portion of it and my physical health portion of it is I get up at seven and I go for either a bike ride or I go for a walk. You got a bike? Yeah, I have a bike. How many miles you do on the bike? No, my bike, because you know the miles go by like that. Yeah, so I do at least a minimal of four. So I was about to do like ten. No, no, no. You got to do ten. First of all, five, five to this the is a leisure five activity. <laughs> five to the destination, five back. This is because I have it's a really uh, nice neighborhood behind my uh, apartment complex. So I usually just take my bike out and I don't really track it. You know, mm. I might put on my Apple Watch that I'm doing a cycle, but I don't check it to see how long I'm doing no, until check that thing. I'm not because you it, like I said I do it for both mental health and physical so when I'm out riding I am you're thinking you're listening to some music I'm listening to a podcast uh, I'm listening to right? a podcast relationship right. status podcast okay, okay. <laughs> or the DJ Blaze radio show okay so I listen to that and I, I just enjoy myself and however far I go is however far I go once I get hungry usually. Mm-hmm. Or listen <laughs> to I yourself on LBF. Yeah, I do listen back to my old episodes to see where I can improve, you know. Hey. <laughs> but so that's how we, we get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, so you know, exercising is 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 a big part. I, I do notice a difference where if it's a day like today when it's crappy, it's like damn. But I did get up this morning, and I took my umbrella, and I went out, you know, even mm. though it was raining. I think that also we should encourage, like, for those, for those of us that are first gens, <clears throat> and when we're challenging the whole exercise thing, we should extend that challenge to our family members. Yeah. And be like, hey, you know, hey, mama, let me, we're about to go walking today. Yeah. I mean, and come on, come walking with me today. I did have a, a situation where my mom stayed with me um, a couple of weeks uh, this summer. And that was specifically because we had a family situation going mm-hmm. on. She had to stay with me. And one of the things I did to kind of help our anxiety and everything else was we would go on walks. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, this is you don't have to drive somewhere to do this. You can do this in the neighborhood and everything like that. It's just really hard to find a method that will help them stick to it. And so that's where I'm at now as far as, you know, being an accountability partner without being condescending or patronizing. Yeah. Um, being able to push someone softly without making them feel bad about themselves. Mm. Um, because you know it's going to benefit them in so many ways because my goal isn't to necessarily, hey, you need to lose weight. My goal is for her is this is going to mentally help you, mm. you know, deal with a lot of the things we have to. Come if we if we get out there, and I do a little good bit of my thinking. I listen to some podcasts. Oh yeah, um, Lef. Uh, <laughs> but um, and I enjoy kind of just being in that space in that space um, with my thoughts, and I think that I figure sometimes, especially if I have some levels of stress and things yeah. I need to quite figure out. I tend to figure them out in those moments. And like you said, I think it's a mental relief. I think it's a physical yeah. relief. And like my man that be running by me, tell me, do what you can. Do what you can. <laughs> do what you can. Do what you can. All right, so what about challenging traditions? So the tradition of marriage, having the kids. But that's I think that's more of a... <sighs> <laughs> You don't think it's a tradition so much anymore? I don't think it's a tradition. I think it's more of a, a construct of what should be. What should be. 
we're coming from two different locations, though. That might be where the I understand, like Southern yeah. versus like. Every time you hit me pause, I'm trying not to say, say what I want to say. Say what you. Why no. are you not saying? Why aren't you speaking your mind, <laughs> no, black I'm man? Just, hey, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> that I am. I am. <laughs> but no, uh, the, the, uh, I'm trying to put my thoughts together. Gotcha. Um, the thing that I feel about that is happiness is key. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if people put their happiness in a place where, hey, look, these are the things that I need for me to be happy for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, me and you had a conversation off air. and We had several conversations off air. <laughs> oh, we can't bring up all of them. <laughs> so, ma'am. Ma'am, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, as long as you're back, because <laughs> some things I said that we can't be said on that. Oh the Lord! All right, um, but no. Um, seriously uh, speaking, I think people sometimes, when it comes to marriage, are either this is what mom and dad did, and this is what I should do, because this is what my family does. So that's, right. that's one thing. Then there's the well. This is what happened, but my dad. Uh, I remember what's the what's the show? Um, Insecure, where um, the 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 girl I don't remember her name. She found out that her oh dad, Molly Molly found out her dad cheated on her mom. Right, but she thought her mom and dad had this perfect, uh, relationship. perfect relationship, perfect yeah. marriage. No, <laughs> but the, she found out that long time ago, mm-hmm. her mom forgave him. Mm-hmm. She couldn't deal. With that, like she had a tough time dealing with, with the that. imperfection of with it. With the imperfection of it. And I think that that kind of affected her relationships with other people. Because mm-hmm. if something that she saw to be so perfect became imperfect. When your parents become human. When they become human. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people go out there with these miscon- misconstrued notions of mm-hmm. what love is and what it should be and why why do i get married i don't want to have kids i don't want to have a baby daddy i don't want to have a baby mama um my parents said this is the type of person that i should um be with i remember uh, i'm a teacher and one of the books we do is um their eyes watching god which is my favorite book by the way and it's the story Mm -hmm. of a woman journey to finding herself herself and a lot of people miss that point i'm like she found herself no like she found herself she when, found people along the way when uh, <laughs> uh 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 not killix not joe killix uh uh when jody died jody mm-hmm. when jody when jody died sweet cake <laughs> no tea cake is tea cake who, tea, tea cake, cake is who married her after jody died Wait, wait, okay. Jody was the mayor jo- jody was the mayor he was yes. the mayor okay got you okay so i'm there Jody had stripped her of ev- of whatever she had left. Yeah. Her grandmother raised her. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother was raped by a white man. Mm-hmm. Uh, by her slave. Because she was a slave. She was raped by, raped by her owner. Had and her mother. Had her mother. Her mother was raped by her teacher. Mm-hmm. And had her. Mom left. Was raised by grandma. Grandma seeing all of this said, hey, you need to find a man. That old man. With... And she ended up with Logan Killix. Logan Killix. And Logan had, because she told her, she told her, marry for status. Mm-hmm. 
He got acres of land. He got acres of land <laughs> and a donkey. Y'all, if y'all are lost right now, honestly, if you have not read Zora Neale Hurston and their eyes were watching God, I don't know what you've been doing. With your life. <laughs> With your life. But it's such a good book. Whether you are a woman, especially if you're a woman, but yeah. even if you're a man, it's it's just, oh, it's God. It's a, because it isn't until Jody dies, because Jody made her tire hair up. Mm-hmm. When he dies... She takes her her yes. she takes that hair tie off, and she becomes a different version. And of And she sees herself for the first mm-hmm. time. And I think that many people get they tie their hair up for people, and they leave it up, and they leave it up. They don't they don't ever take it off. They never I take love it off. This and, metaphor and see themselves yeah. for who they are. And the funny the the the, the funniest thing about that was she. Um, Went ahead and after she re- revealed herself to herself, mm-hmm. when she saw herself for the first time, yeah, she put it back up and put it on her face. She did because she said because she was actually happy that he died. Of course, that she was, was free. That man was beating her ass for for a woman in that day and time. She oh, she was free. She I, was I know free. we getting off. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but 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 to go back to the marriage thing, yeah. so many people are 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 put into that. And so they feel as though this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And for her life, all of her, like what her grandma told her to do, that's what Logan, that's what Logan Killix made her do. Right. That's what Jody made her do. Mm-hmm. And when she finally found herself, TK came along. And he was, he allowed he was, her to be herself. He allowed her to be her. Aside from that, uh, that part where he slapped the shit out of her. Well, he had to, you know. Uh, I took the book for what it was, for the time when it was. But I understood what it was saying with it. Yeah, but but anyway, to get back on track, <laughs> I, think, I think people kind of get lost. People lose themselves in their relationships. They lose themselves in their marriage. Um, if they ever had themselves. And those are the people that do not have themselves. Because you didn't establish your identity. I feel like once you establish who you are, um, Rarely will you have a situation where you're coming in and you're letting someone else define you. One of the things that I've realized is people are really great at performing love without feeling love. Um, that's what that's what we do. That's what that's, that's what that's we what, do. That's why I'm able to get you in the bed. It is what it is because I, because like I'm gonna perform this to get that to get that. When do we become better at this? Um, <laughs> because I don't, because what at the core of it, the performance is surface. It's a surface level thing, right? You can perform in this way, but if you do not feel this way, if you're not really core connected to this thing, then it's not going to work. At all. Like not even come close to it. No. It's not even going to come close to it. And I think that you have to make sure that you stand on your own too. Um, you need to make sure you don't lose yourself mm-hmm. in what you think relationships and what you think marriage is supposed to be. Right. That's what. That's really what it comes down to. This is what people think things are supposed to be. Right. And it, it's the expectation that this is what I'm supposed to do. And like I said before, in the in the part one was, you know, I'm the only one right now that's never been married, never had kids in my immediate family, raised in a, a tribe of women, and so. When it comes down to how that looks to someone else, it might look like, oh, she's, you know, what's wrong with her? She's not had a husband for people who are older in my family. 
Well, I mean, but you know, I don't care about that so much. <laughs> I don't, because <laughs> I've become comfortable with the idea that my path doesn't have to look like yours. You know, mm. if this was important for you to have, then I'm okay with you. I, I, I'm happy for you having that, right? Mm. But I've seen the results of some of these paths, and I've chose a different one for myself. And I want love to not be performed for me. I want it to be felt for me. Mm. And that means I'm, I will wait. That means marriage might not be on the table with some stuff. <laughs> that means um, I want to hold off as long as possible with having children. And so that's okay because I have other goals and other accomplishments that you want to reach. I want to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So challenging that stuff and having my mom, you know, she doesn't judge it. She's really supportive. As long as, as, long as my dukes don't judge you, you're good. Uh, yeah, she's she's really good at that. She's supportive and very much about me being my own kind of person. Um, but I just know that inadvertently me choosing a different path, um, sometimes it can feel like you're rejecting the path the family took does that ever yeah it, it feels it, it's uncomfortable yeah and it makes you feel uncomfortable it makes them feel uncomfortable right because to some your success is a slap in their face yeah what you've decided to do to break the mold is a slap in their face it's, like oh we weren't good enough for yeah, you. yeah 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 <laughs> and and i hate going to literature and you're fine but um there's a short story by alice walker okay called uh Everyday use. I've um, read that one. Yeah. And in it, uh, D is the daughter that goes off to college. Yeah. And she meets this guy who's heavily into African folklore and he's really into his roots. And his uh her her sister and her mom still stayed in the same Different. old country town. And she D comes home and she wants this quilt. That has been passed down from generation to generation, but D wants the quilt to hang it on the wall. Because she understands the importance of it a little bit. No, she wants no, because she wants to show it off. Got it. Okay. Wait, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> because that's 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 the misconception people take. They they okay. always say, Hey, D knows the importance, so she wants to put it on the wall. When mom is like This is a different okay, I got this it. This is the the use of it, the 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 thing of this quilt, the premise behind this quilt is to use it yes it's to make use of it every day to warm you like it's warm generations and her other daughter was going to do that so when you look at it you can kind of see the two dynamics between both Mm -hmm. and i think that we mess things up right a lot of the time so as far as first gens as feeling entitled as feeling entitled I, i think that we sometimes have you our get, nose in the air? Get a little arrogant sometimes. I'm better than you. Have you felt oh, as though you've gotten to a point where you got a little arrogant? Uh, no, because uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> there's a lot of people that will slap me down where I stand. Um, no, I just feel like um, we, some people, because it ain't me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I stay. I know that I've achieved more than, some, than a good portion of the people in my family. Mm-hmm. And so I try to keep that. In a place. In perspective. And in perspective because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the lessons that I learned through the through the bad decisions that I made, oh yeah. I wouldn't be here. And those 
those lessons were taught through the people in my family. Yeah. So for me, it's not so much arrogance, but it was like the anger, mm-hmm. um, a little bit entitlement too, because I was like, why wasn't this stuff easier for me? You know, I'd done all this X, Y, and Z that I was supposed to do because I got in a, a very um, bad place. I was 25, um, going through a quarter life crisis, which is actually a thing. Um, it is a thing. I had graduated college, Mm -hmm. had had already done all the career path things and I had to move back home. Um, and I realized I didn't have the mentorship and guidance and stuff. And so I've talked about this before and that's how LBF kind of became a thing, but it was a lot of anger. Like why wasn't this path made easier for me by the people that were supposed to be in charge of me, which were my parents, you know, why weren't things put in place, you know, for me in Mm -hmm. that way. And so I had to break out of that mindset in order to advance to, you know, become where I am today because it was like, Hey, if they didn't have access to the information, how were they going to give it to you? Yeah. They didn't know where to find it. How were they going to give it to you? Right. If you are battling your own things and you're starting to become self-aware enough to understand and identify the things that you're battling with, what happens when if you never got to that point and they're still there? So it has to come with a lot of empathy and a lot of understanding for me to kind of progress and be gracious when it came to the things I didn't have and the opportunities I didn't have um, because of my family life. So. I do think first gens battle a lot with the mental part of it Mm. and it can go either way. You can become arrogant or you can become angry or you can become understanding and go on with your life. (laughs) (laughs) Get the hell on. Right. Cause what you going to change with being either arrogant or angry. Nothing. Not a goddamn. Cause nobody, I'm not listening to nobody arrogant. I tell you that now. All right. So religion. Why did you roll? Why did you roll your eyes? I didn't roll my eyes. I'm turning this way, you didn't see. You didn't see anything. He rolled his eyes a little bit. I did not. I'm looking at the screen. So, what are your thoughts when it comes to organized religion? Uh, or how have you challenged? Religion? I have challenged every. Uh, my grandmother mm-hmm. was church six days a week. Oh yeah. My aunt, which is. My my father's sister, she is a preacher. Okay. And uh well minister preacher in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And um my mom goes to church every Sunday. And I don't. Um <laughs> <laughs> my thing has become I've had the opportunity. To experience a lot of different religions. You are watching your words right now. No, I have experienced a lot of different religions. I was born, when I was born, I was born Muslim. That's, okay. that's my name, Yusuf. Right. Um, when my dad and my mom split, we left the Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. And we started to go to church with my grandmother, who was Baptist at the time. Got it. She changed from Baptist to Catholic, so then we started going to the Catholic church. Oh, that was that was okay. a big jump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then... I went to live with my mom in Jersey and they had these white guys who came into the hood and kind of got, got us to come to these little church mm-hmm. Bible studies. And then we started going to church there. 
got our mom and all of them to go to church there because they were starting a church in our city. So we started going to church there. Right. I'll tell you a little bit off air some things, but um, we started going to church there. Some some things happened and it was like, mm. oh, Lord. but anyway, so we started to go to church there, and uh, they were Protestant. So okay. Protestant. So you didn't have Baptist, Catholic, Protestant. Oh, I ain't done. Boom. Before before that, we lived in Trinidad. Okay. When I lived in Trinidad, um, for two years, I was 11, came back when I was 13. Um, we, I was Anglican. Okay. And Anglican is like a, a, a black version of, African-American version of, I wouldn't say African-American because it's in Trinidad, but it's the black version of Catholic. Right. Okay. So then came, was that. Came back here was pro- was Protestant, okay. Then so you just confused. Yeah, yeah, shit. Who the hell you telling? So then uh, ended up coming here to South Carolina. Oh, we Baptist all way. Went to no, went to Allen University. It's AME. But I said R A M E. So, so I went to AME. Then I got. I was ended up with a Jehovah's Witness. So although I never embraced it, I had to learn. The stuff, so I had to do the Jehovah's Witness Bible studies. Right. And then after that, I went to, uh, I was in, uh, well, my job before where I'm at now, uh, there was a, what's it called? Holiness Church. I, I, I yeah, got you. So I went there <laughs> because my assistant coach was, his father was the bishop. Mm-hmm. So they invited me. So I went. And holiness, they be falling out and stuff. That was a little bit too much for me. But it's a lot of energy. In yeah, it's a lot of energy, and they just be falling out. I was questioning, well, why the same people keep falling out? But anyway, oh, um, so I just kind of like, with all of that, I've read a lot. Mm-hmm. I have been into a lot of Bibles and Korans and this and the third. I've listened to a lot of sermons and messages, and what I've come up with is unique. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's unique because somebody else has probably thought it. I'm pretty shortened because I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. Although I, I like to think I am. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it first. <laughs> Shit, I'm a man. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, my philosophy on religion is this. I believe that higher power mm-hmm. gave us the um, ability to make choice. Right. And if you read all of these books, all of the interpretation of the books, they all have the same message. Mm-hmm. Everything at its core is the same message. I believe that these different things, with the exception of the off-brand shit that just is just crazy. Like Scientology. Like <laughs> just crazy stuff. Like drink the Kool-Aid, like all of that. I just right. think I think everything was put everything was placed here strategically mm-hmm. to get people to buy into some form of having a moral compass. Okay. And so you feel like it's orchestrated I, by a high, by a higher power. This okay. is just my thoughts on it. And so, me personally, I don't go to a building for church. Mm-hmm. I don't just I I personally don't believe in going. Okay. So in the morning, um, I wake up and I read a little scripture out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'll meditate on it. I'll write down some notes in my in my journal. I, I got to delete that. Please delete that. <laughs> I do not have a journal. Um, you heard it here first <laughs> again. He has a journal. But um, and then I kind of 
map out my day, do my to-do list and all that stuff right there. So you kind of make your own structure, which I feel like religion is that. And it is it's your sense. own. And mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of people are getting to a point where um, organized religion, the way that we've known it, especially in the South, is, is not working for them anymore. Mm-hmm. So you do have the extreme forms where it's just like, I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to Sunday school. I'm being church till five. And hey, if that's the Do way you, if that's the way you get God, then that's the way you get mm-hmm. God. I have, you know, my mom has had a church. She has a church, and before COVID hit, I was going every Sunday. Um, mm, okay, and it was a holiness church, great church, great scriptures. Every time I got, you know, went in there, the the sermon hit all the points I needed to hit. But I'm also very spiritual too. For me, that means that. I'm okay if I don't have to go to a building as long as I can talk. You know, if I'm feeling isolated in some way, I can talk to to my God. Mm -hmm. I can talk to someone else about God and get something from their wisdom as well. Or I can meditate and get that and pass through me. And so for a lot of older family members, they don't understand that. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't understand that method of of religion because it's not so much religion it is spirituality which is for them the word itself seems like it has no place oh definitely you know in their life because it's been demonized throughout you know the world and decades because what is spirituality you're saying you summoning stuff and what you doing and that's what it is you burning sage what you're charging your crystals (laughs) okay under the full moon every Mm -hmm. time every time but you be charging your crystals? I do charge my crystals. I'm I sorry. got I got some crystals in a box. I don't you, know what they don't, do. You don't. I don't know what they. That's do. why you research them. No, no, and no. And it's no. not so much. We had somebody come on relationship status, and they did it, and they did, and they showed us what they do, and I got a whole card and everything, and I got. Some, and you don't do nothing with them. Hey, listen. You do what you do. You want, you want my <laughs> crystals? Because you can have them. I feel like, because people get into the, whether we believe it or not, I believe things have power when you think they have power. When you, whatever you, whatever you give it to. Right. Because I am a ball of energy and I feel like energy is one of those things that is. That you are. Universal. (laughs) That's universal. And so if I give power to something, then it has power. And a lot of times for me when I do certain things like smudging, which is burning sage or what whatever. What is smudging? Oh, that's it's burning, burning sage. sage. Yeah. It is just a, it's a it's a it's a religion, right? It's a routine. I have some sage in there. You have all of it and you don't do nothing. What I got sage. We don't have to I look got, at these got, crystals and stuff, but I got <laughs> holy water. I got holy water too. No, no, well, Florida, not holy water, Florida water. I don't know Florida. I got holy water. It's got Florida water. That's what she brought me. She she brought us the Florida water. What Florida water so, supposed to do? Hey, listen, my grandma used to put it in, and put the cross on my forehead before I left the house. That's all I know. That was with the pearl oil. No. I got that with the pearl oil. Oh, you got that with that? Yeah. No, and sometimes I, I still, like, I mark my door and everything with it, my bed. I know where I ain't going. <laughs> you know what? You're probably busting the flames <laughs> right at the door. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> love country out here. Hey. <laughs> Okay, so do you feel like that is an important space in your life or you just moved away from the organized part of it so much that you've created your own? I think I've, I don't, I wouldn't say I've created my own lane or whatever, but I just, what has happened is 
I started to see the hypocriticalness of a lot of organized religion. And and some people get into the whole, well, you know, that's just the wrong church. This is the wrong church. Man, okay. I've been to a thousand cool. churches. <laughs> yeah, I've been to a thousand <laughs> churches, and they all pretty much uh, say the same thing. I remember I went to a church, and in, in, uh, my grandmother was still alive, and I went to this church in Charlotte. I got invited to this church in Charlotte. Mm. And they were a church that believed in s- sowing tides. So it was like at the beginning of the year. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the... Sowing your seeds, so your yeah, first your fruits. Seed. There you go. First fruits. Yeah, and all yeah. That. First fruits and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "The more money you give, the more you get back." And I was like, "Oh, you are hustling." Okay, I oh, see you. Lord. I, I tried that because uh, because you saw the judgment. He was like, "Yes, now sister such and such gave this much, and she got dad, and but brother such and such he put all in, and he got you can talk now, to I've him and to- see what you got." I've been to a church like that, and that's why that's one of the main reasons my mom switched churches. And I can say that the church that we went to, they do encourage you to to give back. Um, yeah. Which I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I don't think that everybody's pushing the pedals. When it comes to mm-hmm. churches, though, um, one thing that I, people don't fully realize is this is made of people. Uh huh. It is. It's made of people. And so I'm just like, I don't care where you go. It's going to be imperfect. You have to know what you're going for. Yep. What you're looking to get out of it, mm-hmm. what you're willing to give. I'm going to tell you a funny story. So before my aunt became a pastor, mm-hmm. a preacher, a minister at this point, whatever she is. Oh, Lord. Um, I love her to death. Okay. My auntie. Get her title right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get it right, but I don't want to miss nothing. So I kind of. Auntie, minister, pastor. Auntie, minister, pastor. Reverend Bishop. Reverend Bishop. <laughs> Deacon. Episcopal. Um, Episcopal. Um, so did you just snort? You just snorted. <laughs> I think this is the first time I snorted up here. Oh my God, okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. So, anyway, so it's, she's early on. She doesn't, she, she hasn't gone through whatever she went through to get to her point. And my grandmother's alive. And so my grandmother is helping her with her bills. Okay. And so she calls my, she, my aunt always gave whatever the tithes is supposed to be, whatever the percentage. I don't never really know. Ten percent. Whatever the percentage is, mm-hmm. my aunt gives that no matter what. Right. No matter what her checks say, no matter what she owes the people. That's what she doing. That's what she doing. So, she called my grandmother and was like, "Hey, ma, you know, I gotta pay for on the washer and dryer, mm-hmm. you know, but I gave my tithes, so I don't have it. Do you mind help me out?" So my grandma was like. Um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the church and ask them to pay for your washing and dryer. Oh no! Because you've been tithing for forever, and that's to help people out, and you need help. So go ask them for help. Now, mind you, my grandmother never missed. Well, I said before earlier, six days a week at church. Yeah. And my grandmother told her, and she told, and she related to me. She said what she said to her. She said, "I mean," she said, "Give." She said, "You're supposed to give what you can." She said, she, I understand the 10%. And yeah. if I could give 10%, I'm going to give 10%. She said, but God knows my heart. And that's the thing. It's, it's, it's such, I think the reason why I'm moving more from, like, literally looking at religion, like, this is what I should do. This is what I should do. Because so many different ways to interpret it. It's the interpretations of such. It is. And I'm just like, one person, I, and like you said, when I was younger, I, we moved around churches a lot. So I've had different church families, you know. Mm. 
especially when we were younger, we went to several different churches. Those churches didn't work out. My mom started doing church at the house. <laughs> you yeah. know, we'd get up Sunday morning and read the Bible and discuss it and all that good stuff. So I've had those experiences. And what I've realized is people are going to interpret things the different way, you know, through their own lens. And so for one person, it might say 10%. From other person, it's like, you know, no, he actually said here in this passage that you were supposed to give what you give. And so it's just like, Lord, you show me yeah, what you want me. from me. Guide me. From yeah. from me, because I'm confused out here dealing with these people. And <laughs> and the worst thing about it is that no matter how much faith you have, there's no way to 100% know. Know that, that you're doing it the right way. Because yes. everybody says go off the Bible, but the Bible is a guidebook. And it's, you know, man, it's sacred it's, it's, to me, but it's a guidebook. And they'll tell you it's written by man, mm-hmm. inspired by God. Yeah. But, you know, and we do know who translated the King James Version of the Bible, right? And that's another topic for another time. Who was it? <laughs> I, know what, uh, I know it was, um, was it Britain or something like that? Wait, wait, wait. Mm, come on. Who was it? Who was One it? One of the most famous playwrights ever. Shakespeare. William Shakespeare translated no, no, no. the King James Version Bible to English. See, I've only ever gotten as far yes, as did. knowing that Britain had a hand in it. Yeah. I didn't know no, William the Shakespeare. The King James Version. I'm going to have to look this was, Look it up. The King James Version was translated by William Shakespeare. Okay. And he, King James, was a close friend of his. This explains a lot. <laughs> uh, I love I reading go, the Bible, though. I can go deeper into it It's now. like poetry. I can go deeper into it now. It is said... That King James was actually one of Shakespeare's lovers. You know, it's a lot of that going around who back he there wrote, in that century. Who he wrote, uh, Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day? About. Yes, if you notice, it says his temperate. He's talking about a man. Hey, get it how you live out here hey, in these Get streets. it how you live in these streets. <laughs> but yeah, no, and that's what some scholars have yeah, kind of said. Speculation. Um, speculation, because ain't nobody lived back then. Yeah. So. You know, one of the. What, so. This is going to be a little off. A little but off. one of the things I, I, I want to do, like, whenever I pass on, my energy pass on, when I meet God, I'm like, let just show me all the stuff that's happened that I couldn't see. Like, just to There's see. There's no way possible. I want you to, like. There's just, no way possible for that to happen, Just though. give me some knowledge, because I want to know what these people was doing back in the day. Have because ever, we've speculated on it for, for centuries. Listen, have you ever <laughs> seen the, 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 the show The Good Place? I have seen a little bit of it and it's really good. It's, it's really, really good. good. Get a, if you get a chance to watch it, wait till they. I, I, I can't give it away. I don't want to give you spoilers, <laughs> but you watch it. It give it's a spin on that. That's that kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So oh, it's yeah. kind of it's it makes you think. The show kind of it's a it's a a, a comedy. Mm-hmm. But it really makes you think about that stuff. So. Yeah, I, I got into the like the first season, so I'll give it shit. Yeah. COVID outside, I'll give it another. Hey, listen, try. you ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> you ain't got nothing else to do. All what right. you said, you uh, uh, you let go of the batch. You ain't got nothing else to do. Oh, like, so you gonna bring that onto the podcast? No, no. See, don't nobody know we talking about. Don't nobody know we talking about. Don't nobody know we talking about. See, that's you. That's, see, now you about to now you about to now you about to news. divulge. You about to divulge. Breaking news. Oh, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got you. We are back news. in the dry season. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I got you. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Breaking news. I'm ready. You heard it here first, guys. Breaking news. Listen in. First reported. 
K Antoinette is back on the block and in the streets. Okay. <laughs> oh, no more dry season. No, no, it is the dry season. Oh, but you back was, on the block. I was in the I was in the wet season. Oh. Actually, I'm I, I should say I'm back on the porch because I'm, ti- I'm, I'm tired of these people. Oh my God, you tired of these people. <laughs> But we go. we gonna get into it on the relationship status podcast. podcast. Okay, yes, yes, okay, yes. okay. So, anything mm-hmm. else you want to add to this conversation? I feel like part two was a little bit better than part one. You think it was better? Yeah, I, I mean, I love part one. Don't get me wrong, but um, think I feel one. like it's me. Like my energy is different. You think it was the henny and, and uh, I think it was the wine. <laughs> 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 the wine might have had a part in there because you know I wasn't drinking on the first one. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. I still had a full cup over here, but I have two glasses in right now. So. <laughs> But yes, plug your stuff if you have anything else to offer this conversation um, that we beat like a dead horse. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what else is on the what else is on the outline? We didn't cover everything. Did we cover everything? Everything, everything, okay. even from the original yeah. one. All right, mm-hmm. Well, um, first off, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you um, for being up here. It's definitely uh, one of the best up and coming podcasts. Um, I really enjoy listening to your show. Uh, yeah. Always some dope content by a dope person that I enjoy. Uh, I have enjoyed uh, getting to know uh, over the past week. Um, I've really enjoyed being on your show. I enjoyed um, having you. This has been great conversation. Oh man, listen, it's hard to find good people, and you know, yes. on, on it's hard to find good people to have a good conversation with. But when you know, when you're as awesome as I am, oh god. Like and you can project that awesomeness on other people. You I better mean, speak oh, it, brother. Okay. Oh, I mean, look what you got. Just drip all right on the now. mic. Okay. Drip, 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 drip. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, needless to say, um, if you want to catch me, you can catch me on Relationship Status Podcast, okay. along with my uh, co-host CL Butler, um, Professor T, Neat Cruz. Um, we we do, we cover everything from Hay to Bay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you catch us every Monday and Wednesday. Make sure to go follow us on Facebook at the Relationship Status Podcast, on Instagram at R E L S T A T Podcast, on and Twitter at R E L S T A T Podcast. If you want to follow me, you go ahead and follow me at uh, Yosh in the Building, and you can also holler at us, uh, Crux, uh, holler at Crux Media Group. Uh, if you're interested in podcasting and anything that you want to do, holla at Crux Media Group at cruxmediagroup1 at gmail.com and check out DJ Blaze Radio Show. Yes. My man, Be Easy, Amy's 22 cents, my dog, my G. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Crux Media is awesome. I've been recording the last two episodes with. All of their studio awesomeness and this engineer right here on the ones Uh-oh, and twos. On the one. <laughs> so um, if you're thinking about coming over, if you're up and coming as a podcast, I would definitely suggest that. So I'll be you'll be hearing a lot more of me coming from this media group as well. So again, let's build futures.com. You can always find me there. LBF podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Uh, let's build underscore futures on Instagram, and then you can follow me, Cantonet underscore the blog on Instagram as well. Don't worry that I will be part of, I will be plugging into my social media the relationship status podcast, and I will be plugging Yosef. Okay, <laughs> and so. Make sure you tune in. If you have any questions, any comments, concerns, please also remember to leave a review, a comment, something, you know, 
talk to me, you guys. I love to hear from you. And you love to talk to me through my DMs. But let's get that onto Apple Podcasts as well. So I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah.